Hello, everyone. Welcome to our uh, to segment three, our final segment of On the Barricades. I'm, uh, 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 you know, the Barricade is a pan Eastern European uh, left uh, left wing uh, news outlet, which all which which covers Eastern European affairs and international affairs, always from a critical left perspective. And I'm the co-host, and and, and I'm your uh, co-host uh, Yuri Smouter of uh, One Plus One, which you can find on uh, YouTube if you type One Plus One and my name. And uh, on this final segment of uh of uh you know of our discussion with me and dr maria chinatz of uh of uh of uh romania uh, t- uh, t- uh you know who does media studies media ethics and all that stuff at tito bioesk uh, university sorry for butchering the name <laughs> and on and yes, uh, since uh, you know, you know, since it's you know, since it's going to be, uh, you know, since it is or it's going to be International Women's Day uh, soon, uh, depending when when this gets released, we are going to talk about, uh, you know, we're going we're going to talk about social feminism, the subculture of uh, liberal of ultra liberal feminism, masculinity, machismo. It's a subject uh, many people, you know. On the left, don't really like to talk about because we tend to be very socially uh, liberal. We don't want to get bowed down in the uh, in, in 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 the ridiculous right wing reactionary culture wars. But you know, but we do have to address uh, these issues when it comes about. So on this segment, we are going to talk about the media, and we are going okay. to talk about about ultra liberal libertarian, if you will subcultures which happen which which happen in the west and its impact you know globally whether it's in eastern europe but 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 just in general and uh so and before i do it uh you know i think a lot of people probably might be uh shocked when i say this because uh, because i often describe myself as being very socially liberal i'm for <laughs> the end of I, i'm for the ends of the drug war i want all drugs to be uh to be, uh, you know, legalized. What we would do when it when it comes to heroin and stuff like that, I'm going to talk about that for another day. But I do believe in the legalization of drugs and that and that and that drug abuse should be, you know, treated as a mental health and a public health issue. It should not be a criminal matter. I am for radical reforming of the police. I want community local. I want local community control over the police, and I am quite open to the idea of abolishing the uh, police. I am a feminist, and I am for queer liberation, and I st- and, and I stand up for all in the community, whether it's trans, intersex, the non uh, you know the non-binary folk, and so forth. So I also I want so I want to make that very clear. And look, and I love hip hop. I love dance hall music. I love all kinds of music. I, I love rock music. I, I you know I I even like metal music, but. I have to, you know, I don't know. I, uh, you know, as a person who's who's a history buff, you know, it's 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 always interesting to you know look back at certain moments in your life, which I encourage everybody to do because that's how you grow as a person, learn from your mistakes and so forth. And as a person who does follow politics, who is who is obsessed with history and so forth, I also think it's important to always reevaluate periods of time and of course always with a critical marxist post-colonial uh perspective and so again i'm socially liberal so which means i'm very which means i'm tolerant when it comes to uh pornography and stuff like that but that being said i am quite disturbed and just fed up with the over sexualization of women in the uh in the western uh, world and the glorification of machismo violence uh masculinity and so forth and before i have you know maria talk about this and i've always actually wanted to talk about uh, uh, this with you maria because you study media ethics you study propaganda you study uh you know you know you are a, you, you know you are a media critic by uh, training and so forth and so as a feminist, and I've asked this question to other feminists, and I'm often quite surprised by the answers I get from, so from you know, from feminists, 
which 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 is this question, which is, don't you think that there's too much sexualization, too much over sexualization in our media? Don't you think that Beyonce, Shakira, even artists—I don't like those artists, but even artists I like who have beautiful voices—they don't need to expose their bodies, uh, uh, you know, dr- you know, you know, dance in underwear and see-through clothing but even artists i really like it could be charlie xcx it could be dua lipa uh uh you know cardi b don't you find that in our media in our music and even to an extent uh you know television shows and movies and performances that there is way too much sexualization of women, and of course, you can, and of course, and you know, you, you want me to say, no, how is it possible? Course, you can also criticize, you know, rock music and, 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 you know, and, you know, and rap music for also engaging in that. I'm curious your thoughts. So how could I say, no, I don't think that's too much. It should be more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, the only problem here is that we have to discuss this from a critical lens and through a rational lens and to rely on research conducted on the issue. Now, there is too much hypersexualization. Well, depends to what you're comparing it with. Of course, there is to prior decades in the media. And the problem is not that there is too much hypersexualization, but that in fact, it harms women, that you have what type of sexualization, what type of sex is presented, what type of sexual interaction is presented in the media. Because it is not sex in itself, but the type of sexual recipes for success that we are presented in the media that I find quite problematic. Um, And, you know... There is a problem that is often uh, highly debated in feminist camp, and that is pornography and the pornification of our culture. Pornography started off in the 70s, and I think back then, when the gender roles were so rigid and the family structure was so retrograde and so oppressive, maybe it had a little bit of progressive element in it. But there were feminists, uh, uh, Yuri, like Andrea Dworkin or Catherine McKinnon, that wrote against it from the very beginning, saying that this is a danger for women and girls everywhere. And this provides a type of sexual freedom that privileges men, that benefits men. It is not a type of sexual freedom that benefits women. But this is the problem because it is Very not... Very interesting that you say that. It is not a, a, a sexualization that is neutral, but we are so embedded in it. We are so deeply immersed into this cultural junk that we no longer see how detrimental it is because it favors some kind of behavior towards women. It promotes some a specific type of sexuality. And the problem is that it is a form of very devious propaganda and ideology, I would say, because you think of it as natural. You take it and you said hypersexualization, while in fact it is a, a, a specific form of sexualization that is being promoted. And it is a sexualization that even when women rebel against it, they are not able to rebel against the pattern. They just want, and now I'm going to be not academic, they want to somehow get better at uh, fucking like a man. They somehow want to engage in this competition with men that treat women with as objects and be better at it, you know. 
and I find this very problematic, especially with so that, Cardi B. So is that kind of so is that so? so and so this is, is the specific of... case of Cardi B, who says she's a feminist because she's an entrepreneur taking her body as a source of income, accepting it and enjoying it. Well, I think this is a kind of rebellion within an oppressive system. And the idea is to change the system and to reclaim other sources of success than money, other sources of, of development than using men, other sources of enjoyment in you know, social life, sexual life, then using others to your own benefit. Because otherwise is a very pitiful victory within a very patriarchal system when you outperform men at being jerks. <laughs> you know, and this is very problematic, I would say. But you know, it's 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 it, you know, this is this is why I wanted to have your this is why I wanted to this is why I wanted to talk to you about that. And it's funny because I did I you know I I, I have you know I did you know, once or twice, I, I wanted to have another feminist on to sort of, you know, debate that, you know, a, a leftist uh, feminist who's, who's very socially liberal when it comes to sex work, uh, pro, uh, uh, you know, sex work and, 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 and is okay with Beyonce being overly sexualized, the Madonnas of the world, the Cardi B's of the world, the Dua Lipa's, the uh, Miley Cyrus's of the world being overly sexualized. But I... May, may, maybe this is a conservative blind spot. Maybe I'm becoming somewhat more conservative as I'm getting older, but I just can't, in good conscience, as somebody who hates machismo, who hates masculinity, who hates uh, the way men uh, treat uh, women, whether it's whether they're whether they're in relationships or not. But I just find it, you know, I just find it. Terrible, though, that, uh, you know, that, that that all of these, you know, pop singers, they all reach this age where it's just too much. It's just it's just, it's it's just too much over sexualization. And, you know, for, you know, I used to, you know, I used to say, uh, you know, I, I used to joke, uh, you know, about like, why are feminists so anti-porn? If they really, really want to clean, uh, if they really want to clean shit up, they should clean up MTV, which is soft pornography all the time. That's yes, the, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, that's the, you know, that's the stuff that really does have an effect on, on children, teenagers, and, and you know, and all of us become, you know, young uh, adults going uh, forward. And, and it's interesting that I have this opinion now because my hero was always Frank Zappa, and uh, uh, you know who, who 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 was a great you know uh, musician, very outspoken, uh, you know left leaning, uh, you know guy against you know the Reagan uh, social conservative movements and stuff like that. So he was he 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 was he he was an anti communist left, but but it doesn't matter. He, he he was a good guy. He was a very good guy, and he was very much you know that freedom of speech and the rights of artists to, uh, you know, not be, uh, you know, not be uh, censored by, you know, the federal government, the local government, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and stuff like that. And people should check out whatever they can of Frank Zappa on YouTube. He's, you know, very brilliant guy. But that being said, I'm curious how he will, I'm curious how he would respond to seeing just the endless soft pornography that we see in our rap music videos and some of our rock music videos in a lot of our TV shows. And, uh, and again, that, you know, the fact that even artists, I really, really do like Cardi B. All of it is, you know, so <laughs> much of their performances are, it's just all, it's, 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 it's all I uh, Joni Mitchell said that that the, that, that when she, that, that when she looked at, at at one of the Grammy shows and one of the MTV shows, she said, "I I feel like I'm watching a porn convention." Yes, it's very problematic because, as I told you, porn started in the seventies, but it infused advertising and then it infused music and entertainment, and unfortunately. Um, 
the problem in general, if we are talking about pop music right now, I recently wrote an article about Romanian rock and roll. And while doing the research, I found out that, for instance, in heavy metal, because there is this metal archive that puts together everything that was produced in this area since the 60s, and they were able to conduct a serious sociological research, and they found out that women bands were less than 5%, and that should tell you something. That should tell you something that, for instance, the Hall of Fame, the stars on the Hall of Fame were mainly attributed to men and not women. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, that that type of a word that was attributed mainly to men, not women. And uh, women of color, they don't even exist in heavy metal or or rock for that matter. You have white um, white women that are basically forming the 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 main uh, uh, a small number, but yes, yes, a small number, but they are the representatives. And it is highly problematic because when you look at who writes the lyrics. It is mostly men because there were research conducted and it showed that in terms of who writes the music, who owns the producing houses, who owns the labeling companies, who owns basically the business of entertainment when it comes to music is overwhelmingly men, not women. So it should be no mistake, make no mistake about it, that it has a huge impact on the content. And now we should analyze, because mostly researchers analyze this phenomenon from production, distribution, and then reception, right? And this is how you study communication in general, because you have the producer of the message, you have the message itself, and then you have the receiver of the message. These are the three, you know, main directions that you study basically any communication process and especially the the media communication, the mass media communication. So you have here a problem that has, you know, uh, um, a deeper source, and that is pornography. And on this question, I, I just have to say that, unfortunately, rock and roll music was able to promote very progressive ideas, but in terms of, um, uh, you know, advancing a feminist agenda, they were awful. There was the complete opposite. Iggy Pop said that he would take, you know, um, um, uh, he would treat women as badly as he could. Uh, You had people like Sex Pistols and you had the ideologue at Sex Pistols that proved to be so creative when he worked with men. But when he was granted the possibility to manage a band formed by women, he teamed up with a porn producer and came up with the idea of producing a porn movie where those rock and roll uh, musicians, women from the United States, would be trafficked and raped in Mexico. And that should tell you everything you need to know about how violent, unfortunately, the entertainment but industry but, but, is. But, 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 but. And there are several books and I can... I can but now, the problem is that we have to go deeper into the problem is... Porn but and here pornography, and why is it so popular? And but, but, why but here's is an it... interesting thing, though. But, but, but here's an interesting, but, but, but here's an interesting uh, thing, though, because again, you know, uh, uh, you know, if 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 you listen to you know Frank Zappa's campaigns against the censorship of of of, of whatever music videos or whatever rock lyrics and you know and stuff like that, he's right on the money. He is right on the money. But it seems to me as if. Look, I don't like I don't like the social conservatives because they, uh, you know, because they're again, you know, they weaponize legitimate grievances, but their agenda is very reactionary. I mean, if they if they if they could install Handmaid's Tale tomorrow, I can tell you the the, the, the Republican Party and similar right wing movements would. But that being said, I don't I still understand how feminists, including some of those female pop singers, pop EDM singers who claim that they are feminists, who complain about not being paid the same, blah, 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 and all that stuff, and and serial sexual harassment, you know, the Harvey Weinsteins of the world. But I just don't understand how can 
how can they protest Hustler Magazine, Penthouse, piss on the grave of uh, Hugh uh, Hefner, but they're all engaging in soft pornography. Yes. I mean, Britney Spears, before she had her nervous breakdown that became a slave to her, uh, to her father and her management, but bef before she had that nervous breakdown, her, you know, I remember her when I was like six or seven years old and, she, and, you know, she was just, you know, the girl next door from a Catholic school that she wanted to, you know, hang out with and maybe date. And she went from that to a stripper. Yes, because that sounds And I know that that sounds very misogynistic, but again, these aren't my words. These are the words of feminists. The Gloria Steinems of the world, the Jane Fondas of the world, they are the well, ones who campaign against pornography. But they're no, fine they do not campaign about, about but pornography. They're fine, but they're but they're fine with no, 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 they do not campaign paid. against it. Actually, they support it, and it is liberal feminism that transformed feminism from uh, a movement that had a political, uh, you know, agenda and had some teeth in it into a feel-good medicine into the individual choice of every woman and this is the way to destroy a movement if you want to have a movement you have to have some political power against it and you have to go back to the writings of andrea working on you have to go back to the writings of sheila jeffries and Catherine mckinnon and gail dines and other important feminists that wrote against this and they explained how unfortunately reaganism teamed up with a part of feminists and transformed feminism into a pro-prostitution, pro-porn lobby. And unfortunately, let me explain because there are a couple of things here that I just want to make uh, clear. Look, yeah, when yeah, because 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 because, because 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 that's ironic. You, the first thing, the error that is a fallacy, you know, a very important fallacy, and you are afraid of being called a conservative because a lot of liberal feminists use this fallacy, and a lot of fake progressive people use this fallacy. And it goes like this. If you are a conservative, you criticize porn. You criticize porn, therefore you are a conservative. This is actually a fallacy. A implies B, B Implied. No, it doesn't work that way. This is the affirmative, a consequent, since Aristotle, uh, basically, this is a fallacy. This is not the correct way of reasoning because the harshest critic of pornography is not a conservative person, but a Marxist Jew, and that is Geldans. And that should tell you something, that <laughs> if it happens that you criticize really something... And if it happens that your critique in point A and B overlaps that of a conservative, it doesn't mean that you come from the same place or that you criticize pornography for the same reasons. And this is the first important thing. The second one, anti-pornography feminists do not want a world without sex. They want a world without violence against women and girls. And since research showed that most, more than 90% of pornography um, has scenes, violent scenes against women and girls, of course, they fight against it because they fight against violence against women and girls. They do not fight against sexuality. And as Louis Perry says, and Gail Dines says, I was surprised that Louis Perry didn't quote Gail Dines, that says, look, when you criticize McDonald's, you don't criticize the people that might eat a hamburger. You don't criticize the people that work there. You criticize the fast food industry. The same goes for the sex industry. If you had pornographic images from ancient Greece, okay, but you didn't have a system, an industry, chewing up women and spitting them after three months of using. You didn't have that. 
This is what we are criticizing. And as I told you, we don't, we are not anti-sex. We are actually sex positive because we want to liberate sexuality from this junk culture that sells us recipes that are completely against us, that do not work to our benefit. Had it worked, you didn't, uh, uh, were in a position where you have more than 60% of women saying that they never experienced orgasm. Can you imagine in this culture that is so, you know, uh, sick, you have women that are not happy in their intimate lives and they are not happy in their intimate lives because our culture is deeply misogynistic. Our media culture is deeply misogynistic and is selling us a type of sexuality that is alienating, that is treating women uh, like objects and that it cannot lead to anything good for us. And this is the, the, the second thing that I wanted to make very clear. First of all, Affirming the consequence, if we criticize pornography, we come from a different place and we criticize the industry. Second thing, we do not want a society without sex, for heaven's sake, without, we want a society without violence and without sexuality being used as a violent tool against women and girls. Okay? In other words, real, and, and, and real sex education, but... Yes, exactly. And I just want to point out something very uh, quick here since uh, we are approaching the, the end and then I will uh, let you come with the final conclusions that I want to share the screen this is very important because it's important to have people always say that oh we do not have enough uh, data we do not have enough just look how many reports we have here showing the detrimental effects pornography had on children or child and youth development you just click here and bam you have dozens of articles you click here dozens of articles and then you have here impact on adults. So here at Culture Reframe, that is an NGO set by a very, very important feminist that is Gail Dines, you have this wonderful database that helps you fight those who say that there is not enough research. Oh, there is not enough body of research showing the detrimental effects of pornography. No kidding. Now, what is this? These are all articles published by very serious researchers in peer-reviewed academic journals. And I just show you there are hundreds of them not dozens, hundreds of studies showing exactly what I told you, that there are detrimental uh, effects on children, on uh, teenagers, on men. And, uh, you know, the fact that we tend to, as leftists, we tend to let ourselves be defined, the final point, we tend to let ourselves be defined by the ones who, create a straw man. This is another fallacy. They say that we are conservatives and this is it for them. No people listen to us and what we are saying that we are criticizing the industry. We are criticizing this mechanism that is producing, you know, a type of sexuality that is highly detrimental for our society. A so-called recipe for success in your bedroom that is not at all a recipe for success. You know, I am now, uh, uh, I promise the final point, I am now supervising a research for a BA thesis where uh, one of the questions in the survey is, is your intimate life resembling the one in the poor movies? And of course, the vast majority say no. And then you ask, would you like your intimate partner to act like the ones you see there. And then more than half of them say yes. But then when you ask them, would you accept as a sexual partner somebody that works in porn? They say no. And they should tell you everything about it, man. <laughs> I mean, they would like others and their partners to do it, but they would not accept as a serious relation with a person that works there. And that should tell you about how bigoted, hypocrite the society is. And also about the, the effects, because most people think 
that what they see is the norm, is the ideal. This is the problem. And the ideal, also culturally framed, and also a lot of evidence from scientists, media theorists, show that more than 90% of scenes in porn, whatever those who produce feminist porn what say, that is what, 0.1% of the porn industry is irrelevant because most of pornography contains violent scenes against women and girls. How can you expose, you're telling me, you don't have to have a PhD. I mean, you're telling me that you expose a boy since he's 12, because usually the first time uh, children watch pornography is even lower, it's eight. But let's say 12 years old, and you keep him on a steady diet of that violent imagery and his prefrontal lobe is not fully developed, so the rational part of the brain, and the images go, you know, in the part of the brain that lacks, you know, critical thinking skills, and you're telling me that you keep these boys on a steady diet of violent imagery against women for years, and nothing happens. Nothing happens. It's all positive. <laughs> I mean, you have to be insane to believe that. Maybe the effects, the effects, uh, although dramatic, are not studied enough, and we should not, you know, go into a moral panic, but to claim that there is no effect, and to the contrary, it is a good thing, you have to be out of your mind, sorry. <laughs> Well, it sounds to me, you know, it, you know, you know, it's 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 funny. Well, one of my uh, favorite people to interview on One Plus One uh, uh, is uh, Jared Ball, the very great uh, black uh, black academic, a uh, black leftist academic and uh, uh, journalist. And uh, you know, I love hearing him talk about uh, hip hop and where hip hop went into a dark direction and how the corporate control over the once kind of underground music was, you know, was detrimental for not just the music before the culture, the culture of, uh, you know, a black America and so forth. And, you know, during the time when rap was under attack, particularly, I mean, you had. Hello, I think you froze. Glorifying or... violence. Although I, although I personally, you know, I personally take a more positive image of gangster rap although although there is some truth in that it did glorify violence but at least it depicted what life was like in these in these uh you know in, you know in these you know ghettos and so forth but where i do accept criticism of rap music is uh the homopho the, the the queer phobia the misogyny the glorification of violent masculinity machismoism and so forth and uh i mean uh hey i mean that's where i mean i mean you know uh, you, you know, you had, uh, you know, I, you know, some of NWA's songs are so cringy, like, you know, a bitch is a bitch and uh, I ain't the one and to kill a hooker and stuff like that. And then DMX's song, you know, you, you know, what these bitches want from a nigga and stuff like that. So, and then, you know, when I, and then when I listen to Eminem's music, which has not aged well at all, I actually can't listen to his music. Uh, especially the first three albums, which were so violent. It's like listening to a horror movie. I mean, the guy is talking about murdering his mentally ill mother. He's talking about murdering his 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 wife because like she cheated on him and, and stuff like that. It, it's very it's 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 very you know you, you know stomach turning. <laughs> and it's and and you had this woman. She was a black Democrat. I don't know if she was of. I don't know if she was uh, if she was of you know the left of the Democratic Party or a pro Clinton person. But her name was C. Dolores Tucker, who went after rap music. She thought that rap music was being overly violent, but she particularly had a problem with the misogyny. The response, though, from the rap community and from you know socially liberal people. So I so I am criticizing my movement. I am criticizing a movement that I feel a part of. But you know the, the but but there is the response is you're against free speech. How dare you censor us the way the MPA censors uh, movies? Why are you bringing us brothers down? And what you when you should be lifting us up? We're the ones that are highlighting what's going on with, in our community compared to you, you know, paid overly paid politicians. But Jared Ball again, and this was a guy who was part of the hip hop movement 
and stuff like that, who was a fan of hip hop, you know, he has, you know, said, in, you know, in different ways on his YouTube show and in his writing that actually C. Dolores Tucker has actually been has actually been vindicated when she warned about the over sexualization, the over violence and the fact that, that these are big multinational corporations who were basically reducing, you know, my people, black yes. people into yes. negative stereotypes. I saw the and interview with, with the academic and I think it's brilliant and maybe we can you can send uh, our editorial manager a link because I think it's brilliant what um, your guest said about the way this commercial neoliberal uh, entertainment industry reduced rap music to very violent stereotypes and contributed to racism and racist stereotypes. I think it was a brilliant interview. I liked it a lot. And his analysis is is very, very deep and insightful. And, uh, you know, all this criticism yeah. coming from the left, Yuri, you uh -oh. should just dismiss it because it's just plain stupid. I mean, if we are not able to criticize and to come from a critical perspective against this, um, then why are we even talking about? Because when you're not allowed to criticize well, well, anything, well, well, you well, should also, just well, shut up, yeah. you know? And you should say to her, well, oh, you're there well, criticizing well, me? <laughs> I mean, well, you I'll know, also it's say so this. I'll also, you know, you know, I'll also say this. I think, I think if I had, I, I think if Frank Zappa was alive today and I would have a conversation with him where we look back at his campaign against censorship and so forth. I think, and he was a satirist in the end of the day, Frank Zappa was one of the finest satirists. I think he actually would be agreeing with me that yes, the music industry is encouraging the, 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 the most decadent aspects of us. In fact, he even, he, he even, he even went after, you know, the, the Valley girls and, and the media promoting, you know, women not to be smart, but just to be, you know, dominant in their own individualistic uh, world and stuff like that. And, you know, for, and when people say that, like, you know, that a violent movie does not have an effect on uh, people or violent lyrics don't have an effect on, uh, on people. Well, that's simply not, well, yes, yes, I think because look, I, I I love I love metal music. I I listen to you know uh, you know I I used to you know you know I've been to concerts of you know I've seen concerts and been to rock concerts. You go to a Foo Fighters concert and everybody is beating the crap out of one another. You go to punk concerts and people were beating the crap out of one another, and the musicians never discourage that violence. Or metal concerts, which are very violent, and though the the and I understand that, like that, these are artists that are expressing their aggression stuff like that. But we saw what happened on Woodstock '99 when drunken men actually sexually assaulted women at concerts, and musicians were not discouraging it. Musicians were not discouraging the violence and the uh, and the ultra aggression. So when you so when young black youths are watching rappers. And they start to talk the way rappers talk, or they start to call their female, uh, you know, the women in their life bitches and stuff like that, or being aggressive. You cannot, you, you, you know, the music industry, the, mu the movie industry can't just say, well, hey, I'm just an artist. I have no responsibility. It's not my fault if people uh, interpret. Uh, yes. You know, and when we look at when we look at the far right movement, you know, you mentioned the Sex Pistols. You know, it's funny because when when you look at the punk movement, there was a movement in punk music which supported neo Nazism and stuff yes. like that. And the Sex mm -hmm. Pistols themselves were shock jocks. Sid Vicious, who didn't even play bass well, they kicked out Glenn Matlock just because he had good taste in music. Sid Vicious, who yeah. didn't even play bass, would actually wear the, the a Nazi shirt just to piss people off. And the Sex Pistols, anarchy, you know, who, who glorified anarchy. Well, if you look at Johnny Rotten now, he supports Trump and he supported the right wing uh, fake populism of Brexit. 
Eminem, who was a shock jock. Howard Stern, who is a shock jock. This whole movement against political correctness, the people who complain about too much wokeism, that's all far-right nonsense. And and if you look at Eminem, he once, uh, you know, in, 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 in a song called Criminal, where, where the first he's just, you know, insulting, you know, queer people left, right, and censor. But he goes, hey, relax, guy. I like gay men, right, Ken? Give me an amen. And he says, half of the shit, I just make it up to make you mad so you can kiss my white naked ass. And if it's not a rapper that I make it as, I'm going to be a fucking rapist in a Jason mask. This is a bit too much. And then several years later... (laughs) And you had movements. You had you, you had you had the gay rights movement. You had the feminist movement who were who would be protesting Eminem's show. And then, of course, Elton John engaged in pink washing Eminem as like you know, hey, he's not homophobic because look, I'm a gay man. I'm performing with him. Is it no wonder? Several years later, we have Donald Trump, Nigel Farage, Tony Abbott in Australia. Uh, yes, this the, is very the, the interesting. Right Canada with Maxine Bernier and so forth, because Donald Trump is a shock jock. Donald Trump is all about, hey, I'm tired of political correctness and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, well, so Donald yes, Trump, this is a very interesting connection. As as, uh, so, Donald Trump is as American as uh, as uh, as apple pie, and so all of these rappers. Uh, you know, uh, like Eminem, who criticized Donald Trump, like Howard Stern, who criticizes Donald Trump. Well, they all played a part in this culture. It's just a shame that the only people that were protesting this were either socially conservative Democrats or reactionary conservative Christian fundamentalists in the United States. This is the problem that the left, you know, abandoned its ideal of being critical of those things out of fear of being labeled conservative. And as I told you, we have to abandon this fallacy and call it for what it is. And when somebody calls you a conservative, you should tell them about the affirming of the consequent. Again, if you are a Christian, a fundamentalist Christian, you criticize pornography. You criticize pornography, therefore you're a fundamentalist Christian. It doesn't work that way. It's a logical fallacy. You may have other reasons for criticizing pornography. The simple criticism of what you said doesn't make you a conservative, and we have to step out of it and find our voices. And I think it's very important what you said, how the culture contributed to the election of Donald Trump. I think it's very important and quite an interesting observation that I haven't thought about. And also, I want to tell you something about academia and research. While in the United States, Great Britain, France, there is a lot of research conducted on this phenomenon that we call media in terms of production, the content, and the reception of that content, there isn't much discussion about regulation because regulation would put you on the path to censorships on social responsibility. We can't be socialist Stalin. We can't be Chairman Mao. We can't be Chelsea. Right? No, and the idea <laughs> is that look that but we are because the first time the elite sensed that some content might actually threaten their narrative and their power and their political power, they banned it. That is Russia today. So I would just end with the following conversation. So you have so much violence in our culture, pornography, you have a Pornified culture all over the place with lyrics actually glorifying killing and raping and beating up and encouraging this type of socially violent behavior. But that is okay. Some political news about Russia from Russia today is the real danger. Now, I am stunned, let me tell you. And you don't see those liberals who defend M&M defend Russia today, isn't it? <laughs> and this is well, the now, well, 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 And, and well, I would well, just well, add well, one more element, well, just a final thought, Yuri. This music that you are talking about, this culture affects young people 
I told you their prefrontal lobe is not fully developed. It develops until you're 24, 25. So it takes a long time for you to develop uh, rationality, critical thinking skills, and for your brain to fully develop. And this type of violent content is consumed by the most vulnerable members of the society, and yet the society does nothing to protect them. Whereas political news is consumed by adults, people in their 30s and 40s. So the chances of people being, you know, influenced by political news, you know, uh, presented and shared by Sputnik and Russia today is minimal. And yet, and yet, our society decides that we have to protect adult people from political news coming from a belligerent state and not young people from pornography and the pornified culture. I have, you know, no further, no comments. Well, uh, well, this, well, this will, this will, this will actually be the first of many conversations that I think we need to that that I think is important for our Eastern European audiences, being that the far right is in power, the far or or you know or either the far right or you know or 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 the or the libertarian movement, who are fiscal conservatives but socially uh, liberal and. Uh, I'm not. I'm not saying that we that we should have an alliance with 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 with, with the far right, but some of the stuff that they champion about protecting children from decadent Western liberal cultures, I think we have to find a way to you know fight back their reactionary system, but with the, but, but, but with the socialist vision, which does protect you know. The livelihoods of our young uh, of our young women and men, because the oversexualization of our uh, uh, you know of our women, making them just into sexual objects, and the glorification of violent masculinity, which is you know which is why people think that wars are okay. The you know uh, you know the I think I think I think this is a place that the Eastern European left again with. You know, socialism with Eastern European characteristics could actually, you know, uh, you know, is it, something that they that they have to take into consideration and not and not mimic. No, certainly not mimic the the West in that. But before we close, uh, so do uh, uh, so uh, yeah, so 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 before we close, because obviously this is where feminists have very bitter. Uh, divisions about, and I'm, I'm, you know, uh, you know, and I'm gonna, and I'll, I'll invite you on the pro, on my own program to talk about prostitution, legalization, decriminalization, or keep it illegal. But what do you think feminists, particularly in Eastern Europe, need to do about the over sexualization of of women? Because I'm pretty sure that whatever pop culture you have in Eastern Europe, it very much mimics. Uh, you know, the Italians, the French, the Americans, and the and, and the British. So how does uh, so how does uh, so how does does the Eastern European feminist movement leftist as uh, leftist advance itself against the over sexualization and the and the uh, excessive violence in our. Uh, that unfortunately, as I told you, there are liberals and they mimic the liberals and libertarians in the West, and they try to say that this is empowerment, that sex work is work, all the mantra that I find quite problematic, especially in a country that I told you, like Romania, is number one in terms of trafficked women and girls for sexual exploitation in the European Union. So they are glorifying you charge the, the media for that. You do charge the media being at fault for that. The media and also the feminist movement that transforms itself often into a pro-prostitution, pro-porn lobby. And when I say this, I say with very, you know, uh, um, I'm reasoning by analogy. I mean, the tobacco industry opposed regulations and opposed doctors for more than half a century. And this is well documented by a formidable researcher and academic, Naomi Oreskes. There's even a documentary made about the efforts of the tobacco industry to fight regulation that is called Merchants of Doubt. It should be no wonder that you have a lot of academics that are supported, a lot of, you know, research projects that are supported by very shady characters in the uh, uh 
sex industry to say that sex industry is good, you know. It is basically the assault on academia, on research, on feminism itself is huge and it should be wildly researched because I think you should find very interesting ties between this very, very dangerous industry and a lot of initiatives that are presented as independent in the media and um, in academia also. So it's very dangerous because you need fresh meat. You need so-called fresh meat, right? You need people to believe is excellent. You need to present a glamorized image. So a lot of gullible women, you know, will go into it. Because if you start educating people, if you start telling them what it is really like, you end up with no clients for your business, right? And I'll just close by saying people need to check out the film, The Price of Pleasure, produced by the brilliant Media Education Foundation based in uh, Amherst, Massachusetts. People should check out the, the Price of Pleasure, which is about the porn industry. I watched it and I, uh, I was sickened at, uh, at what they showed about the pornography industry. And, and people should check out actually the work of uh, Gail Dines, who you, uh, who you suggested. And, Last but not least, this will be the first of many conversations that I hope we have in the future about uh, feminism, how the Eastern European feminist left movement should advance itself, and uh, whether, you know, the movement I, you know, was sort of once a part of, although still to an extent, depending on what the issue, the social liberalism movement, whether we basically, you know, I think failed uh, and, uh, you know, to see... uh, uh, to, uh, to see the danger, and uh, but yeah, this will be the first of many conversations, and, and I'm looking forward uh, uh, to that. And open invite anyone who wants to debate us on uh, prostitution, pornography, and uh, and the sexualization of uh, of women and culture. I think I think we can have a rational debate about it. So open invite to uh, anyone. And Maria, close us off. Uh, tell us what our uh, yes. Uh, Yes, if you like what you saw, so you can you can find it at patreon.com slash the barricade. We also have a PayPal account. You can support us through whatever means you find uh, you know at your con- convenient. And uh, we are also uh, very grateful to our small community of donors that help this project help us grow and help us produce more of this content if you like what you saw. So Stay healthy, keep fighting, and we'll see you all next week. And donate generously.